Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gift for Glory podcast, uh, live on Facebook and also available on the Creative Motion Network as well as YouTube. Uh, we're so excited to have you, and uh, we are also excited to have all of our friends uh, that are joining us on the audio podcast. Uh, really got a, a very exciting episode for you uh, this evening. Uh, we're really looking forward to having this conversation with uh, Jared O'Flaherty, the uh, the creator, writer, director of Vindication Season 2 is uh, coming out on Pure Flix, uh, coming on uh, this Wednesday, September 1st, um, or maybe even Tuesday, depending on what time zone you're in. Uh, so keep an eye out on Pure Flix uh, to watch that either at uh, 12 o'clock midnight on the Eastern time zone or maybe get a couple of hours earlier on the West Coast, uh, depending on when they get that up. So check that out. You can also binge and buy all the episodes at once on Amazon. We're going to talk about that uh, and more coming up. Uh, but uh, really excited to have this episode and have this uh, interview with you. Now, uh, for all of our viewers that are watching live, I got a little bit of uh, vindication trivia for you. Um, when is the first time Venus Monique appears on screen? Uh, so that is our question. Think about it. Put some uh, uh, answer in the comments. Uh, this is a, uh, a maybe a tricky question, and I wonder if uh, if you know I didn't prep him, so I wonder if this might even trip up Jared a little bit. Uh, but uh, when is the first time Venus Monique appears on screen? Uh, of course, uh, uh, the actress Venus Monique plays uh, Detective Chris, and she's back, for, of course, for season two. We're going to get into all that coming up uh, in just a few moments. Uh, but first, let's dive into our uh, Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, Devotions with Dave, we are going to dive into Luke 9.23. Uh, it's one of my favorite verses uh, because it is kind of the other side of the coin. Uh, John 3.16 is about the love. God so loved the earth, he gave his only son. But then the flip side, the other side of, of fallen Christ is uh, you, you've got to do more than just sit there. You know, being a Christian is a participation sport. It's an action. It's not just sitting in a pew. It's getting up. Uh, so Luke 9.23 at uh, the NLT. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, taking up your cross, that's not wearing a crucifix around your neck. That's not a cross necklace. That's literally being willing to die for the sake of the cross, the sake of, of Christ. It's not glamorous to take up your cross daily, especially when he's talking to the, the Israelites, to, uh, to the Hebrew people. He's telling them, you got to be willing to die the most grotesque, gruesome death because that's how valuable the gospel is. So I just want to encourage you that be willing to take up your cross and follow Jesus because he tells us very plainly that it's not always going to be easy. I say that uh, following Jesus is, is the simple choice, but it's not always easy. Yes, his burden is light, his, his yoke is easy, but following Jesus sometimes really isn't. So uh, be willing to take up your cross, follow Jesus, and know that 
that he's got you, that he will carry you through, and that uh, that you will, you will be fine at the end of the day. So that was our Devotions with Dave segment, Luke 9.23, one of my favorite verses, because like I said, it's the other side of the coin to John 3.16. Uh, sometimes we kind of overlook it. Uh, so let's dive into this week's episode. Uh, I'm going to play the Season 2 trailer for you, and uh, it's really... It, raises a lot of eyebrows and it shows that yes as christians we can produce quality and not just be like hallmark plus jesus uh we can actually get in there and do the real thing and vindication has been proving that since the uh the pilot a uh, couple of years ago with with ben davies and the uh what became the first episode of vindication and all the way through this season one and now continuing season two really looking forward to it here is the trailer for season two all right, guys, get out there, be safe, watch each other's backs. 911, what's your emergency? There's a guy in the garage with my dad, and they're yelling, and I don't know what to do. I'm Sergeant Travis with East Bank Police Department. Just here to follow up. Be careful. Be safe. I love you. There is no shortage of issues in this world today. I mean, injustice. Inequality. Prejudice. Where I grew up, there wasn't no hate about it. Just come on here. They're all covering for him. Sad. It's like they're addicts. No limits. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it was one bad choice. One bad choice, I don't want to go caught. You know what I do know? Is that God doesn't abandon us just because we mess up. all the shuffling going on, it's going to create opportunities for those who are going to show how much they want to move up. What do they expect to find in a review? Between you and me, you have a lot of fans on that panel. You never contact him again, or I will come after you. out of you but maybe just leave us out of it okay we love you father continue to lead us guide us and direct us amen Wow. <laughs> uh, we talked about it before we went on the air. Uh, Jared, that, that sizzle trailer is phenomenal. It, uh, it, it's very exciting. That gets me excited watching it, and that, that shouldn't happen. I, I've known this. I know what happened since the very first line of the script you know, was written. But, yeah, no, it, it's fun to watch all the hard work and, and how it came together in the end. So uh, let me officially welcome you, Jared O'Flaherty, the uh, uh, creator, writer, director of Vindication. Uh, it's a phenomenal show. And if, if anybody's watching that hasn't seen it, subscribe to Pure Flix, watch all 10 episodes from season one, and then get ready for season two debuting on September 1st. And we're not just we're, we're not going to just tease you. We're going to give you two episodes uh, debuting on uh, Wednesday. So uh 
uh, Jared, tell us a little bit about um, the the origins of Vindication, because from what I understand and what it appeared when I first saw it, that first episode with Ben Davies, that was kind of just going to be a short film and that was it, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, when we first started Vindication as a project, it was just meant to be a single short film uh, that our uh, production group at our church uh, wanted to put together, send it to some film festivals, maybe release it on YouTube, and then move on to whatever God had in store next for us. Uh, but we got to the end of our festival run. It was accepted into some festivals, declined to others, one top prize, others, you know, didn't want it. So we didn't really know what we had. And we were at the very end of that festival run about to post it online to YouTube so everyone could see it if they hadn't seen it yet. And we got a distribution offer to put it out there, maybe to a wider market, you know, on some streaming networks and that sort of thing. And it just made sense at that time. Well, you know, let's let's go that route instead of putting it on, you know, YouTube where it'll be watched for a few days and then disappear in the noise. Mm-hmm. So we did that and then got some feedback of, hey, we want to see another episode of this. You know, what comes next? And to me, I really wasn't interested in that because to me it was like you said, just one story that was contained. Ben's character was kind of the primary, was the lead. There was just this detective there that was kind of a supporting cast member. And, uh, you know, the the feedback was, well, what about that detective? Could he do some more cases? So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess there's potential there. And that just began to snowball into what is now a, you know, multi-season uh, crime drama show. And it's, it's phenomenal. The, uh, the fact that in that first uh, short film that became uh, episode one, you go there, you deal with adultery and the temptation to commit adultery and, and how God can still work and, and bring healing. And a lot of Christian productions don't go there. They're, they, they pump the brakes. And I think that may be part of the reason why that some of the festivals said no. Is, is, am I right on that? Um, maybe not with episode one, with episode two, uh, we did have at least one festival I'm aware of that gave us feedback that they really liked what we had done, but it may have been just a little far for their audience. Mm. Um, you know, for episode one, I didn't really get feedback from the festivals of why they did or did not accept it. Um, you know, but it was, you know, you make something, you're proud of it, submit it. And then, and sorry, we don't want it. You're kind of like, Oh, well, maybe this, (laughs) maybe we didn't do as good as we thought. And then the next festival, you get an email, you know, you won best of fest out of a hundred films. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, what does this mean? Yeah. So, um, so the, uh, the first episode deals with adultery. The second one deals with something that even Christian homes are dealing with. Even Christian kids are dealing with as you, as your character did in the show. And that's, uh, sexting. And that's something that, uh, that's really prevalent in this day and age because there's so much pressure, especially on young girls to, to give themselves away. Yeah. You know, you say that it, it even permeates Christian homes. I know of a story of a family. Uh, they had, I believe four girls, very modest, very uh, God centered home, uh, wonderful, sweet girls. And, and they had homeschooled for many years, ended up going to public school. And, uh, in public school one day, one of the girls had left her phone either at her desk or something, you know, had gone to do something, came back, opened it up, and there were, you know, pornographic or, you know, whatever pictures on her phone because mm-hmm. some other classmate had grabbed it and, you know, thinking it would be funny, put these things on her phone, and there she's exposed to it, you know, of uh, of what had happened. I, I say pornographic. It was like, I think the pic- the kids that took her phone took pictures of themselves 
inappropriate, put them on her phone, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So anyway, yeah, it's one of those things you, you sometimes can't get away from it, even if, uh, even if you're, you know, being cautious. So uh, yeah, definitely a, a topic to get into. And that's one that we received a lot of messages from parents saying, Hey, thank you for tackling this topic and at least putting out there in Christian media. Cause you know, sure. It gets talked about in secular entertainment all the time, but not, not particularly the message that we want to put out there. So thank you for tackling it in a, a tasteful way in, in that episode. Yeah. Uh, so we have a couple of people watching along with us. Um, uh, Maggie Jenny, uh, she uh, made a comment, uh, but nothing wrong with Hallmark because I made the, the reference to Hallmark plus Jesus uh, earlier. Uh, so uh, Maggie, thank you for hanging out with us. And then uh, uh, Christopher Sean Shaw, who's uh, watching in the, um, in the Vindy Nation group, uh, he's saying, uh, what up, Dave Ebert and Jared O'Flaherty? How you doing, Christopher Sean Shaw? Uh, who's, he's got a big week this week, too, as uh, Church People is uh, coming out on DVD and on demand. Uh, so uh, big week in Christian entertainment this week. Now, uh, Christopher Sean Shaw is asking, uh, how many episodes did Alan Tregonig, uh write this season? Okay, questions. Good stuff. So Alan, you know, when I, I reached out to him once we were, had hit kind of the mid-season mark and I'd written the first five episodes, but I was starting to get worn down. I knew where the storyline needed to go. I knew where we wanted to land at the end of the season and what we had been building up to. But there was just rider fatigue of, of running out. And Alan says, hey, thanks for calling me, man. I, I love to come in like the relief pitcher, you know, I'll, I'll just sit there in the bullpen until you need me but then I'm ready to jump in uh, when the time comes. So to answer the question, uh, he wrote two episodes. It's actually the final two episodes of the season. Uh, it's when a lot of those storylines that we had been building get wrapped up, you know, and lots of great stuff happens there at the end. So yeah, two in this season. And then he wrote, uh, I believe three in season one. Okay. Uh, season one had uh, a really cool story trajectory uh, for the main character of detective Travis, because you see him kind of have three different worlds go on with the, the, the three females in his life, Detective Chris, his wife, and his daughter. And you see how he grows in one, he ends up growing in the other. And it's like, as he's bouncing back between all three, you see a full character develop uh, development in uh, in him. Yeah, that's honestly, I think that's the first time I've heard anyone bring it up that way. And it's like, oh, yeah. That did really happen, you know, and he has a different relationship with each of them. You know, it's, with Becky is probably the best. You know, it starts off. It's in a good spot. They don't really have a lot of conflict. They have their moments like all couples do. But for the most part, it's strong. And then in the middle, you have Chris, you know, it's you know, a work relationship. So he has to be cordial, but he's not particularly fond of the idea. Uh, mm -hmm. But he grows to respect her over time. And then he has the relationship, the relationship with Katie, which is definitely the most strained of the three. Uh, that that certainly needs some healing, but like you said, throughout the season, each of those, in its own way, um, um, matures and, and grows. Yeah, and the uh, the relationship with the daughter is something again. I think that that can be related to because I think that uh, in many ways there was judgment placed on the daughter because of her showing up and uh, eventually finding out that she's pregnant. And uh, obviously out of wedlock and there was judgment there. Um, and, but you see how he, once he realizes what happened, they uh, really, um, they really rally around her. Hmm. So uh, while we get uh, 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 Jared reconnected here on uh, his, his audio was uh, kind of flaking out on us. 
I see uh, Christopher Sean Shaw is asking another quick question. He wanted to know uh, Ashley Tara uh, in the trailer. Uh, so we'll ask that uh, once Jared's able to come back in. For anybody that's out there that hasn't seen Vindication, check it out. Uh, I, I saw the first episode on um, on actually 24 flicks, which uh, I was like, wow, this is a really cool short film, which is kind of what it uh, it was initially. And it, then uh, it became into this, this phenomenal series. So uh, while we wait for Jared to come back in, I'll uh, ask our uh, trivia question again for anybody that uh, that missed it earlier on. Uh, so Vindy trivia, when is the first time that we see Venus Monique on screen? When is the first time we see Venus Monique on screen? Uh, go ahead, type your uh, answers into the um, into the chat, and we'll see if anybody knows when the first time we see uh, Venus Monique is. Uh, so waiting on Jared to reconnect. It looks like he uh, is still trying to get in. Follow uh, Vindication on Facebook and Instagram at Vindication Series, or uh, uh, find them online at uh, vindicationseries.com. Uh, Jared, uh, our guest uh, is uh, still trying to reconnect. Um, so uh, we did have uh, one person chime in and guess uh, when we first see Venus Monique on screen uh, in uh, episode four or five. Now here is uh, here's the here's the trick. That's the first time in episode five, I believe, is when we actually see the actress Venus Monique. But I was trying to be a little tricky, a little funny, because I was re-watching the series, getting ready for season two. And uh, I want to show this to you. Um, so she actually appeared, her name appeared <laughs> in episode two of, uh, of Vindication as a special thanks. So uh, trying to be a little tricky, a little bit funny. Uh, I don't know if Jared is watching as he's trying to log back in, but we'll see if he can answer when the uh, first time we see Venus Monique on screen or v- see Venus Monique a- in the series. I'm really looking forward to it. And just as a commentary, uh, shows like Vindication, shows like The Chosen uh, that are willing to really dive in and, and get in there, uh, really address things. And then also we got some great things coming along the line. Uh, Don't Say My Name by 24 Flicks is coming out. Pulled from Darkness. Uh, George Johnson uh, uh, directed that film, uh, starting a whole host of amazing people, including uh, Robert Amaya, Todd Terry, who was in, um, who is in Vindication. Uh, he's a part of that film, Pulled from Darkness. It's so good to see Christians get in there and get gritty, handle things, handle things like uh, the sexting that we were talking about uh, in episode two, which is actually the first time we see Venus Monique. Uh, but only as a special thanks, not actually as a character in the show. Um, so it's really awesome to see that Christians are realizing that if we're going to make an impact with our gifts, we've got to be willing to use them in a way that is real. We can't keep pretending that everything is good. We can't keep putting on the church face. We can't be uh, out there constantly saying, yes, we're blessed and highly favored. We as Christians, we have a bigger bullseye than anybody on our back because the enemy wants to limit us and take us down. And we, in our art, in our creative pursuits, we have to be willing to address those and have to be willing to be real and deal with uh, the 
the legitimacy of, of what we go through in life. So the fact that vindication dealt with in, in episode one with Ben Davies with adultery, then you have sexting. Uh, then later on you have, uh, which my personal favorite episode, which I didn't get a chance to tell Jared yet, was the reverse traffic. That episode speaks to me because one of the things that I've been blessed to do is I teach improv uh, to women who've survived sex trafficking. It's uh, probably the greatest thing that I've been able to do in comedy is uh, to teach improv at an organization called Salt and Light Coalition and to work with these amazing women who have literally overcome hell on earth and to give them an opportunity to come together, to laugh, to create, uh, to uh, tap into that childlike nature that has been so hidden for so long. Uh, so reverse traffic, that episode really spoke to me. It was just really nice to see uh, that a Christian uh, production is willing to go there and address it and, and do so not in a hokey way, but in a real way, in a way that makes it legitimate. So uh, I'm really encouraged by what Vindication is doing. I'm really encouraged by uh, what The Chosen is doing, uh, what movies like Don't Say My Name, like movies like uh, Pulled from Darkness are willing to do. And it's not a slight against anybody else. It's not a slight against the the, the feel-good Christian movies. But if we're going to reach people, if we're going to speak to people, we got to be willing to go there, but do so in a way that still honors and glorifies our God. Uh there's kind of two ends of the spectrum. I, I see debates between people of, am I going to be really super PGG or is it okay for me as a Christian to go R and go ahead and show the nudity, show the, the cursing? I don't think you need to be on either extreme. I, I think that you can be more to the middle and uh, create quality content that can still uh, glorify and honor God. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's really encouraging that, uh, that we've got great productions like Vindication and, and The Chosen. Uh, so as we're uh, still waiting for Jared, cause I, I want to make sure that we, we really talk and get some of the inside details that, that he had prepared for us. Uh, he uh, said, he's trying to get back on. He just messaged me. So, uh, while those of you are watching, we have, uh, uh several that are watching live, uh, in the comments, Share with us what are your favorite episodes or what were your favorite moments? Uh, did you have a favorite episode? Uh, was there an episode that really spoke to you? Uh, I know that uh, the episode with Ashley Bratcher, who many of you know from uh, Unplanned a few years ago, she starred in an episode and uh, that episode was really powerful too because it spoke to judging people for things that they can't help, for judging people unfairly without getting to know them. Uh, that episode was, was powerful as well. Um, was, was there a moment that you watch and you're like, oh my goodness. Share with uh, us in the comments uh, what episodes uh, spoke to you. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the uh, the reverse traffic really spoke to me uh, because of my experience working with uh, women who survived sex trafficking. And just knowing the the hurt that they go through and the fact that some of the things that they go through leave some physical and and, and uh, obviously emotional scars. And unfortunately, those, those women are judged by their scars and they're kind of pigeonholed. Um, 
And because of that, you see in the uh, in that episode that the women, when they're called upon at first, are very reluctant to take a step forward because they want to forget that life behind. Um, for me, episode two, the, the one about the sexting, so many young girls and, and young boys are, are believing that that is the thing, that, that that's worthwhile. And um, so I, I'm just really, uh, really applaud uh, uh, Jared and the entire team. Uh, and I uh, really uh, am excited to see season two. Now, season two uh, debuts on PureFlix. It's supposed to go live as of 12, p- uh, 12 a.m. midnight on Wednesday morning. Uh, so if you're going to stay up late, check those out on PureFlix. Uh, if you want to support the show uh, financially, uh, you could buy all 10 episodes off of Amazon. They're not available on Amazon Prime, but they're available for purchase through Amazon. Uh, that was one of the things that we we're going to talk about with uh, Jared as well. Um, so uh, he is still trying to get back on. Uh, so yeah, uh, leave us any comments uh, that you will. Uh, any uh, Tell us your favorite episode. And I uh, would love to uh, share that with our audience. Uh, in the meantime, I want to tell you about next week. Next week, we do have a, uh, a really uh, great episode uh, because we're getting to September. Uh, September is right around the corner. September 1st is Wednesday. Um, so next Wednesday, or I'm sorry, next Monday on the, uh, the live uh, uh, feed, we are uh, bringing in a guest who's got a really a, a riches to rag story. And we're, we're doing this story because September 10th, uh, which is not this Friday, but next Friday. Uh, that uh, is National Suicide Prevention Day. And uh, for those that, that know a little bit about my story, uh, you know, I was somebody that battled depression and uh, suicide for many, many years. And so every September, I want to pay tribute and I want to recognize National Suicide Prevention Month. So next uh, week, uh, Tony Green, uh, he was a, 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 an executive with Coca-Cola, uh, doing really well financially, but he didn't have everything inside in order. And so we're going to talk about that next week as we uh, as we remember and honor a National Suicide uh, Prevention uh, Month and National Suicide Prevention Day. And that's going on in September. Um, and before that, we have a very special edition of the Gifts of Glory podcast. Uh, we are going live on Thursday, uh, this Thursday, September 2nd. Uh, Leslie Robb of uh, Leslie Said What? Uh, you can find that on the Creative Motion Network. You can find that on uh, her page on Facebook. Uh, but Leslie Robb will be live with us this Thursday, September 2nd. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about her podcast, talk about teaching, talk about stand-up comedy. Uh, she is an absolute hoot. If you have never seen Leslie Said What, you're, you're going to want to check it out. Uh, if you're watching... Uh, Gifts of Glory on the Creative Motion Network. Just look for Leslie Robb and you will be blessed. She's awesome. We're really excited to have her on coming up uh, this uh, Thursday, uh, 7.30 uh, Central Time, just like normal. Uh, So uh, be sure to check that out coming up on Thursday. Uh, So uh, again, uh, Pure Flicks, get the subscription support clean, wholesome entertainment, and you're going to really be blessed if you watch all 10 episodes of season one of Vindication to get ready for um, season two. So um, it looks like uh, we're not going to be able to pull Jared back in. Uh, So what we're going to do tonight is um, 
uh, just uh, say thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Um, really looking forward to um, to season two coming up Wednesday night, or I'm sorry, Wednesday morning, 12 a.m. Eastern time. I'm in the Central time, so it'll still be the day before, and I can check it out. Uh, Pure Flix is the way to go. We have uh, one more uh, comment coming in. Uh, Jared saying he's almost back. So, uh, so well, hang on. All right, cool. So, uh, sorry for technical glitches. Uh, we're going to blame it on Satan. Satan doesn't want you to know about season two. But I'm going to tell you what, season two is going to be off the chain because we haven't even talked about. If, if you missed a trailer or if you missed as a, the clips went by, T.C. Stallings, uh, you know, War Room, uh, God's Compass, um uh he was also of course in courageous now i don't know if he's if he's involved in courageous uh legacy that's coming back out uh in september but uh, tc stallings is a, a member of the cast for season two and uh we now have jared back jared welcome back man i that was so bad uh, I, I take total blame for it. Do you see how I got this like glow on the side of my face? I have a monitor over here and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's not very pretty. I'm going to turn it off. Well, I forgot that like my mic and webcam and everything are plugged in through that monitor. Oh, so when I turned oh, it man. off, it killed everything. So I bring it back to life. I'm like, okay. And man, everything on my, it just like, uh, no, it's not happening. So I had to restart and yeah, it was total mess up by me, but I was like listening on my phone and keeping up with everything that was going on. So uh, hopefully the season two launch does not go like that just went. Um, I'm so sorry. Hey, the dress rehearsal, if it goes bad, then the actual show is going to be great. Yeah. So let's answer a couple of the things that you guys talked about while I was gone. First of all, you said Venus Monique first appears in a special thanks. Thanks in episode two. Now, do you know why she got that special? Thanks. I don't. I was going to ask about that. Okay, so that was uh, what you've called the sexting episode. Is about teenagers. We show them in high school a couple of times. She is actually in the background as a teacher, uh, as an extra in the background of that episode, like holding some papers and directing students way back in the background um, because her character hadn't been created at that point when we filmed it. So technically she appeared on screen in the background of episode two. Oh, I didn't. Okay. That is awesome. That I will have to uh, look for that frame and and find it. So, uh, so I was kind of half right in my trickery, yeah. uh, and uh, so it looks like uh, Christopher Sean Shaw saying, "Ooh, Easter eggs." Yeah, and then he also asked about Ashley Tara if she was in the trailer. She was. Her character appeared in episode four of season one. She was the neighbor across the street from Billy in the episode called "The Gentleman." And her character comes back in season two and appears in a couple episodes. I think it's a very organic, natural manner. It wasn't that we forced it. So, yeah, she comes back and, and plays a neat part in a, in a couple of the episodes. So so I guess as people who are in the know call call her Ashley Tara, but uh, the rest of the world calls her Ashley Bratcher. Is that is that what I'm picking out? Yeah, I'm not going uh, to... The gentleman that posted that, he shouldn't have used that name because I don't think that one's public. But anyway. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, but, uh, well, here's the great thing. Uh, he's watching in uh, the Vindy Nation group. So when I pop up the comment, you don't see his name because when you're commenting on StreamYard uh, through a group, the names don't show up all the time. So uh, he's got a little bit of anonymity unless I want to call him out again. 
There you go. Uh, so I'll protect his uh, his innocence at this point. So a- after my technical foul up that cost us like twenty minutes, you had mentioned there was some some new information that's never been discussed publicly before. Do we want to dig into that? Yes, let's dive in. Uh, what uh, what do you have for us? So last weekend, for the first time, I watched all 10 episodes, which was actually the first time for me to binge watch start to finish all 10 episodes. Uh, But I did it with my family, with my wife, and I have three teenage daughters. Now, through the year of production, they kind of kept their hands over their ears and their eyes covered so that they wouldn't know much of about it. So here I got to watch with them. Um, and hear live feedback of what was going on, you know. Now, my wife was probably more vocal than the rest of like, oh, that's dumb, or why would they do that, you know, and given, given the critical feedback, not in a mean way. I hope I didn't make her voice sound mean, but uh, <laughs> but she's given feedback, and then my uh, uh, daughters as well were watching, you know, and I got to see, okay, did I get the laughs? Did this connect? Did they understand what was going on? You know, there was a certain moment that I asked, Hey, do y'all know what's going on right there? And a couple of them said, no, I don't know. And then another one answered, Oh yeah, I know what's happening right there. So I got to uh, have this live feedback. Um, and so what, what, what can I say about season two? Now that I know how audiences felt, I can say this by the time we got to about episode four or five, uh, it, it was already decided they were staying up the rest of the night to keep watching, <laughs> right? Originally, we were just going to watch two episodes. It was like 11 o'clock at night, watch two episodes, go to bed. Once we got to about four or five, it was like, hey, go get a pillow and blanket. We're going we're gonna to finish this tonight. We're going to keep going uh, all the way through, even though one of them like had worked early that morning and anything. So I was excited. I'm like, hey, this is good, you know? And I would like to think it wasn't the home crowd, Okay. Um, yeah. You know, family, family can be some of your harshest critics, right? Because they're allowed to say anything, you know, uh, wouldn't you agree with that, Dave? Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a, a married man that has a, a wife that comes to most of my comedy shows, I know just how well I did because uh, she doesn't pull punches. She, you know, it's not the, it's not the home team, rah, rah. It's kind of like, I almost understand what Jesus said when the prophet's not respected at his home. Exactly. Yeah. No, that, that that's it. So like I said, I, I felt like I wasn't here at the home crowd just getting all the, oh, that's wonderful. You know, they're going to be like, hey, what? You know, it, it's funny. One of the things that they were being picky about was the placement of some plants on a table because they were familiar with that location. And they're like, why are there two plants on that table? There should only be one, you know, and, and they're talking about those sort of things. So uh, normal audiences are not going to be picky about that. They're going to enjoy it. So uh, it was very encouraging. We had some some good laughs that happened as well. Um, when they were done, they uh, there were certain characters they wanted to ask about, and, and it almost like they were treating them like they were real people. And that was just very encouraging for the first time, the only people to have seen season two um, to have that happen. We also had some content reviewers uh, that were going through for our distri- different uh, media outlets and uh, just making sure everything fit their content standards. And we got feedback that the content reviewers got too caught up in the storyline that they quit paying attention to what they were supposed to be doing in their job. So I thought that was encouraging as well. Uh, now, I won't say it's all positive. There were for the first two to three episodes, I felt maybe a little bit clunky, uh, you know, maybe some some jumps in the storyline that were, okay, well, why did that happen? You know, that that you didn't connect the dots well enough for me. You know, we shot the first two episodes coming right out of the quarantine time last summer, you know, um, mm-hmm. when we got on set 
a lot of us had not seen other people uh, in big groups in a long time, in several months, you know, a quarter of a year, we had not seen people. And I think there was some timidity. Uh, you know, a lot of our crew members had said like, hey, I haven't turned on my camera in three months. Our cast members would say, hey, I haven't acted and or done anything in, in months. So this is going to be the first time. So there could be a little bit of clunkiness there early in the season. But once it got to like four or five, it was uh, full speed ahead. And I will also say that that several of them told me that the first episode was one of their favorites. So the mm-hmm. one that everyone will get to see tomorrow night, I think, is a very strong out of the gate episode. Very nice. Are there any episodes this year that you're kind of like you took a risk that you're worried or you're like interested to see what that how that risk is going to pay off? Um, as far as with audiences? Yeah. Like, uh, is there a moment where you're thinking like, maybe this choice that the character makes uh, is going to hurt fans or upset them? Or are you pretty confident that they're going to receive it well? I've talked about this one before. Our approach in all of season two is more focused on the characters than it is focused on the crimes. You know, in season one, each episode, you would have a crime, you would meet this suspect or victim and really dig into their story. You'd see where they live, where they work, what their family look like, and you'd really dissect them. And then by the end of the episode, you're kind of done with them. You never see them again. Season two focuses a whole lot more on these characters, on Chris, on Travis, on Becky, on all of them and what's going on in their lives. And because of that, the crime does take a bit of a backseat. So the risk here would be if audiences are like, man, I really loved all the crime stuff. You know, I love trying to figure out these these uh, you know, these uh, mysteries or whatever you want to call it. And where did that go? It's still there. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's still there. A couple episodes, it's very heavy. Um, there's other episodes where it is very, very light. And so that that's definitely a risk. We'll see how it goes with audiences. The reason I did that, though, is I heard so much feedback after season one that people are like, oh, the crimes are cool, but I really loved the character stories. That was my favorite part. So it's kind of like, well, then let's go that route. And we did in season one invest so much effort into building up these individual characters for one episode who would then disappear. You never see them again. So we spent all that screen time building up something for just that single episode. So in season two, it's like, Hey, if we're going to invest in characters, uh, you mentioned like TC, you may have mentioned Cameron, uh, a handful of others that people have not met yet. And I'm so excited for that. Cause we got some new casting characters that, you know, you haven't seen before in Christian films. And then they show up and you're like, Whoa, I like that character. In fact, one of them, when my family was done, they said it was one of their favorite characters. And it's somebody, Dave, you have no clue who they are. You know, you, you will not know until you start watching. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, we invested in those characters, built up their storylines, uh, you know, like TC and Cameron, they don't just pop in for one episode and disappear. Their characters uh, are recurring and have ongoing arcs and storylines throughout. So that's the big risk. We'll see what audiences think. And um, Michelle Van Dusen, uh, she uh, was a guest on our show last week. Uh, she's saying, if you need clunky acting, write her in. She hasn't been on stage <laughs> in a few months. <laughs> Oh, I didn't mean clunky acting. The acting was, was superb. I, I put it on my shoulders. My storytelling and how I pieced it together could be a little clunky uh, at the beginning, or it may have been my family just being very, very harsh. We'll see. We'll see. And we can see uh, uh, starting September 1st on Pure Flix, uh, the scroll across the bottom, uh, giving you the dates uh, uh, to remind you. Um, so really looking forward to it. Um, T.C. Stallings, uh, Cameron Arnett is in this season. 
Um, we also uh, see Ashley Bratcher. She returns. Uh, I know- Andrew, Andrew Cheney, if you're familiar with him, he did uh, a film called Beyond the Mask. Uh, a handful of others that are very, very good. He's a very talented actor. Uh, he comes and joins us as a recurring character uh, throughout the season as well. Now, the one thing you kind of mentioned a, a, little, a moment ago was all the, the villains or the criminals, they kind of come and disappear. Are there recurring appearances by the the bad guys in season two? Well, that would be giving something away. Um, oh, okay. But to answer that, I will simply say yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, keep an eye out. September 1st is when it pops out. Uh, so, Jared, what I want to do uh, now transition into what's actually my favorite part uh, of each show is hearing about your journey to finding finding Christ. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? How did, uh, how did you uh, enter into a relationship with Jesus? Man, that's like my favorite story to tell. As a filmmaker, you're a storyteller, and that, that, that one you just asked about is my favorite. And honestly, episodes one and two of uh, Vindication Season 1 highly pulled from that story for me. So uh, to condense it into a very short form, and probably a lot of my cast and crew have never heard this before, surprisingly, that we've been around a lot. I've never had an opportunity to share it. I don't know if any of them are on here right now. Um, but but yes, I, I did grow up in a, a church-going home uh, from a very young age. Uh, when I hit my teenage years, that kind of took a back seat, uh, especially for me, and I started chasing the things that, that the television and the world tell you make you happy and make you successful and make you cool and make you popular and all that kind of good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and I say chasing, I don't know that I was very successful at achieving any of those, but that became what was important to me. And, and while I believe that, you know, had something happened to me during that time, I believe that I was covered by the blood that I, I would have gone to heaven uh, because of my heart. Uh, my life was not being, driven by by jesus that that wasn't what was uh at the steering wheel so to speak so anyway when i'm I'm 16 i had been in a, in a uh re- relationship for about 11 months and it uh it fell apart it went away kind of overnight and it went sent me to just kind of a a bad spot because that relationship for those 11 months had been what i was living for it had been you know chasing those things that was it and with it gone i kind of was like man i don't have I don't have anything. I'm kind of at a, just don't know what my direction is or anything. Just kind of wake up each day with very little uh, purpose. And I, uh, I, I started talking to another girl almost immediately. Cause once that void happens, Oh man, you gotta, you gotta find something to fill it in. And she invited me to go to church with her on a Wednesday night, you know? So for me, it was, you know, I'm 16. I just now got a car and uh, okay. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, it's kind of like a date opportunity. I'll, I'll go to church with you and then, you know, we'll go somewhere else. And, and that's when the, the real, purpose of the evening will begin. And I'm at this church service and the youth minister there afterwards just kind of said, Hey man, I'd love to, love to chat with you sometime. Would love to, uh, you know, get to know you a little bit. And I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to do that. You know, I only get two days off a week from work. I don't want to spend one of them talking to this guy, but I was off that night. So I'm like, well, you want to talk right now? So we go into his office, he shuts the door and almost instantly says, all right, man, tell me what's wrong. And that, that just mm-hmm. kind of blew me away because like I just mentioned to you, I was in a pretty purposeless spot at that point in life. And here's this uh, grown man asked me, hey, tell me what's wrong. So I shared with him some details about that relationship and why it had left me in such an empty spot and everything. And he shared 
John 10, 10 with me at that point said, Hey, I want you to memorize this verse. When he said, it, I had no intention of memorizing it. I've remembered it ever since that moment. And he asked me, you know, if I wanted to to make a change to, you know, give my life to Christ that night. And I told him I, I didn't want to. And, and for me, it was the, the entertainment that was a big part of my life, music and things. I knew I would have to give that up if I went that direction. And, and I just couldn't do that. How dumb. I'm, I'm hanging on to my, my songs, right? Anyway. So I go get out in the car to drive home and reach up to crank on the music that I just told somebody I could not give up to follow Christ. And my hand just kind of froze. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to leave it off right now. So mm. I start driving home. The tears start falling. And I just start talking to God about where I was at, what I was feeling. And it wasn't an audible voice like it came out of some speakers. But I just heard inside Hey, remember that girl from the 11 month relationship? You need to go ask her for forgiveness and I'll take care of the rest. It was very simple, you know, ask her for forgiveness. I'll take care of the rest because I had been, uh, there was a reason it came to an end and it should have. And I was not a good person in that. So the next day at school, I went and found her, um, had not talked to her, seen her in, in weeks, went up to her, just said, Hey, I need to ask, I need to ask you for forgiveness for what happened. I don't honestly don't need to hear an answer. I just need to tell you that, that I need it. And uh, when I walked away from her in that conversation, man, it was the emptiness I had felt inside for those weeks since the breakup disappeared instantly. And it was kind of this whoa moment. It's like God is not just, you know, a name in an old dusty book, you know, that you break out at Easter and at Christmas, you know, uh, it's not just somebody that's in heaven waiting for when you uh, pass away. He, he's doing stuff now and here you know? And so from that, you know, from the next couple of days, evenings, man, I'm digging into the Bible. I'm reading stuff. I'm talking to God and, or, you know, praying uh, almost every night. And he just starts working on me. And, and there were a lot of other things that happened in there, but it was from that moment in the hallway, asking for forgiveness, that one tiny act of obedience uh, has been a transitioning, a changing point in my life that I was going one direction to that moment and ever since has been a different direction. Now, some of the things in episodes one and two that play off of that, if, if you care to hear them, you remember in episode one, Derek Taylor is going to a meeting because he needs an excuse to go meet up with his mistress, right? right and right. what happens? God shows up in that meeting and basically changes the course of his life. That was me going to church with that one young lady and God showing up and saying, nope, I got different plans for you. Um yeah. Some of the things that happened in episode two, the the sexting episode, uh, there were a lot of things in there that drew drew from it. The one I remember is when the dad comes up to the guy's workplace to make it very clear how he was not happy with the way his daughter was treated. That really happened to me when I was uh, during that little that several weeks that I said things were really bad. Yeah, I was at work one night and that girl's dad came up there. Oh. And I was I was in the back room. And my, one of my friends who worked there came back and said, hey, there's a, there's a guy here who said he wants to talk to you. So I go look at the video camera, and I'm like, oh, no, that's her dad. I'm like, tell him I'm busy. So my friend goes back out, tells this dad, oh, yeah, Jared's busy. He says, okay, I'll wait. So he goes and sits down in a chair <laughs> waiting for me, and I'm going, oh, no. Like, this guy's not is, – like, is he going to hit me? Is it, what, you know, This is a grown man. I'm like a 16-year-old boy. I don't want to get into something with him. So anyway, that scene that happens in – episode two of vindication was drawn from a real life experience. And I love the fact that it's not just a dad showing in the, in the show, it's not just a dad showing up because he's trying to scare this kid. It's because he's actually 
kind of trying to scare him straight because later the dad reveals like he was kind of that kid before. And uh, so uh, was that kind of similar? Was this uh, the father showing up because he cared about you or is he actually really just trying to scare you? (laughs) Well, in in my situation, uh, he he did not uh, scare me or anything like that. Uh, When I went out, he, he, just had a conversation with me that he was not appreciative of some things that had gone on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he, he wasn't as loud as the guy in the episode. So yeah. there were some artistic liberties there, but again, the, the foundation of it was the same. And, and you also notice the boy in that episode goes back to the girl and basically asks her for forgiveness as well and apologizes for the way he had been. Yeah. It, and from my own experience, that act of uh, sharing the grace of God with somebody uh, of, or trying to experience it by asking forgiveness Uh, for, I was married before uh, uh, my current wife. And one of the things that I felt God lead me to do was to apologize to my ex-wife for some of the things that I did after our marriage split up. Uh, There's a lot of people that would think, Oh, you're justified. You can, you know, you were upset. You were hurt. You could say whatever. No. That, that even though I wasn't walking with the Lord, it was still something that I did wrong and I needed to go. And by seeking that grace and getting that tangible forgiveness, that also helped me understand more about God's forgiveness, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a powerful moment. And for me, I think, it, like you said, it was an act of obedience for me. You know, I, I kind of gave up on doing things my own way. It was like, what do I have to lose? You know, one thing I didn't mention is that um, when we had split up and we had those weeks, she kind of connected with a handful of a group of guys there, all the athletes, the, you know, the popular guys, the ones that were built. I was kind of a short scrawny kid, you know, and these guys, uh, to, I think, make an impression on her, they uh, wanted to pick on me. Right. So mm-hmm. I had found a route like outside of school and stuff to get to my classes so I could avoid them and avoid stuff. And when I'd run into them, it was never good. Usually the uh, vocabulary used and hurled in my direction was not the most uplifting comments, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that was, was bad. I mean, I would like find a route where I could avoid these uh, individuals, but that day to go apologize to her, it was kind of like I had to go into the hornet's nest. I had to go right down the hallway where I knew they were going to be where she was going to be and walk right up and, you know, say the thing that needed to be said. So, um, so that was definitely kind of a, it wasn't just an easy, comfortable thing. It was like, Oh no, I got to go into the, but but, all right, God, I'll trust you. Let's see what happens. And again, it was, it was the turning point in my life. If I get popped in the eye, I know you'll heal my eye, but (laughs) yeah. yeah, And sometimes we build things up in our mind to be bigger than they are as far as like, the worst case scenario. And we just need to uh, need to just uh, trust God and, and follow his lead because uh, whatever happens, he's, he's re- responsible for the results. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, one of those verses I found in that time was the pray for your enemies. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when I was going down the hall that day or other times I was praying for these other individuals that had uh, not been treating me well. And one of the other God moments, the, when he said, I'll take care of the rest is, I kept walking down those halls so that I could pray for these individuals. And from that day, that moment of of asking for forgiveness, they never once again said anything to me. Wow. They did not, you know, no, no language, no, nothing like ever again, it like vanished. And I remember I would walk by and be like, Oh my goodness, what just happened? Like, 
wow, God's really like, he's for real about this stuff. And I think I needed probably those big moments at that time in life so that it could set the foundation of, of what was to come. Because when you're 16 and you're kind of digging yourself a hole spiritually and emotionally, God's going to show up big time to show you the the truth. And so that, uh, so that you, you're not easily distracted to go back to, you know, turning back from the plow, you know, looking back over your shoulder what you left behind because God's like, Hey, come on. No, yeah, yeah, it, it was what I needed in that moment and he knew it and he showed up in a big way. Yeah. So that is awesome. So after you, uh, you know, you find, uh, find that relationship with Christ and, and you start to move forward, you've had these big moments. When did becoming uh, a, a creative person as far as like creating movies and, and TV series, how did you get into uh, doing that? Uh, the first time that I re- recall that happening was my senior year of high school. Um, I, sorry, I saw the comment from Mag- Maggie. So I'm calling, Oh, what did she say? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so my senior year, uh, for my graduation gift, I got a new laptop and I had like the abilities to edit video on it. So I get to our youth camp that year. And one of the junior high kids had a little high eight, uh, video camera in his bag that he wasn't using. And back then everyone didn't have, uh, film studios in their pockets, you know, uh, if you want a camera, you had to glug something around with you. And because of that, a lot of our parents had not seen what goes on at youth camp. Uh, They didn't, it never experienced it because there weren't any video. So I grabbed this video camera and just kind of started filming throughout the week of recreational activities, the worship time, the, you know, meal time, everything that was going on. Uh, got back home from camp on Friday, youth camp, and plugged it into my laptop, started editing it together to some music. And then that Sunday I was able to show it at church. And we had an audience of, you know, probably 200 or so people that all sat there just frozen for the first time getting to see what happened with their children and students at youth camp. And it was a story that I told. I got to tell the story of camp, of what went on through you know pictures and, and through sound. So that was kind of a neat thing. And it's like, hey, I wouldn't mind doing this again. That was kind of neat. You know, Maybe I'll do it next year. And that's really about what it was for me. It was kind of a once-a-year thing for several years. And then after that, it began to expand into other areas. So uh, it was something almost kind of fell on me, so to speak, but I was, I think I may have said it at the the beginning. Uh, maybe I didn't, I can't remember, but you know, I always liked that sort of thing since I was a kid. So, mm-hmm. you know, playing with video cameras, just kind of, it was entertainment more so than work. So you, it's not something that you went to college for. You don't have like a, a you're not like professionally trained. This is something you just developed an eye for over time, right? That is correct. Yeah. I actually never went to college um, when I graduated high school right around the time of that camp, I, I started working in the IT world. So I, I do have one college credit because I took like a computer programming class. So I'm kind of embarrassed. I like to be in like, I've never been to college, but I did have that one, uh, <laughs> that one, uh, that one credit from something. But yeah, just been self-taught through everything. And it's really a, not a testament to my abilities, but what God can do by giving me that opportunity with my church uh, to and many many years worth of time to get to this point. And what's crazy now is like writing scripts and stuff. I mean, I've, I've never taken a writing class. I didn't even pay attention in English class in high school. So now I'm writing these stories, and I feel so nervous every time I send it out to the cast. Like, oh, this is gonna, you know, they're gonna laugh. It's terrible. You know, who who knows what's going on here? And uh, we're doing okay so far, though. 
Yeah, doing very well. And uh, and like you said, you've got some uh, guys in the bullpen to kind of help out uh, fit, uh, uh, with the, the writing. Uh, forgot the gentleman's name that uh, Christopher had brought up earlier that's helping out. Uh, Alan Tregoning. Yeah, Alan. Uh, so uh, you got a bullpen to help you out. And then, uh, and that's the beauty about working in something that's with like-minded with fellow Christians is most of them are going to be pretty cool and, and help you out and get, say, Hey, yeah, I, I think that my character should say this. Uh, I'm sure that that there's kind of a, a, a collaborative effort among the Christian uh, like-minded people there. Yeah, definitely. And we actually had two other writers, uh, Matt Chastain and Meredith Johnson. They each wrote an episode. Cause I told you once I got to like six, I was a little worn out. Now I, I knew what needed to happen in all of those episodes. Like these characters that I had been building up, it was because of a moment that was to come. So I kind of went to them and said, Hey, need you to write this story. This has to happen. That has to happen. But you know, everything in between, uh, let, let's see what you come up with for that. You know, and each of them brought their own unique flavor to it. Uh, but, but we also spent hours and hours on the phone going through all those, just because these characters, you know, they're kind of my, my baby, so to speak. I know what things they would say and what they wouldn't. A lot of that comes from being in the editing bay and just hearing them over and over. Uh, Todd Terry, our lead actor, you know, he'll be on set sometimes and I'll come up to him and go, Hey, the way you just said that, that's not how detective Travis talks. And he's, what are you talking about? I am detective Travis. And I'm just like, <laughs> I've heard it so many times editing that just sounded out of character. So we had those moments with the writers though. Of, eh, I don't think yeah. this character would say that. And we just worked together. Uh, and, and what's so neat though, is they brought things to the table that I, I would not have done. And it gives some nice variety to the, uh, to the show. Absolutely. Um, so uh, one thing that we, uh, I think that uh, needs to be said for those that maybe uh, didn't uh, hear uh, other interviews is uh, this season of, of vindication picks up two years in the future from where the last season ended, it's not a direct continuation. There there's been some time that has elapsed. That's correct. You know, that two year thing, I've probably been saying that just for the last two weeks, like that's nothing we ever talked about during production, but I just kind of looked at, okay, this character's here, this character. So it's been about two years, I think. So that's been a new, uh, talking point for about two weeks now, uh, saying the two years, you, you would have never heard that on set while we were shooting it or anything else. Yeah. Uh, but but as I look at it now, I go, yeah, that's about right. You know, so those who remember the events at the end of season one and what was going on, where the characters were at, they can anticipate that we're going to pick up about two years later. And most all of them, things have changed. It's not like you close the chapter on season one, open on season two and everything's the same. A lot has shifted. And in the first episode, you'll get familiarized with that. And it also saves on casting. You don't have to cast a brand newborn baby and cast a two-year-old now. <laughs> that may have happened. <laughs> uh, I'm just being, being facetious because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil any of the surprises because I know that you guys have, have them loaded up. And one of the things I always enjoyed about season one is there's that subtle, like almost M Night Shyamalan twist to each episode. Like you kind of think that it's going one certain way, and then all of a sudden the revelation happens, and you're like. Oh, and I'm thinking uh, in particular about the uh, the one about uh, the guy, uh, the one where uh, Peggy Schott's character uh, got herself in trouble for using the prayer group as investigation for for her husband, and then the revelation is he's not doing what you think he's doing. Right now, you know, with, with the title being vindication, 
that kind of implies someone looks guilty and they are found innocent. Mm -hmm. Now we can only do that storyline so many times until people anticipate it. Right. 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 So that episode five was, I think the one that we kind of flipped the switch of, we can't keep doing this for every, if this thing continues because people will catch on that. I don't care how guilty this person looks. I know they're going to be innocent later on. Right. Right. Uh, so, so that th we did change it up going from that point, you know, uh, but we tried to continue to keep the twists like the reverse traffic. I heard you talking about that one while I was having my technical issues, um, you know, and how that had a, a big surprise in it. And each of the episodes after that kind of continue. And we, we will have plenty of those in season two, I believe. All right. So uh, again, reminding anybody that's uh, tuned in late, uh, September 1st, Pure Flix. Uh, September 3rd, uh, for anybody that is a donor to Redeem TV, if I'm not mistaken, is that right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a, they're a donation-based service, and those who donate to at a certain level will get access to the episodes. And then uh, they're also available for purchase uh, through Amazon. Not available on Amazon Prime, but uh, as an Amazon customer, you can purchase uh, the episodes. So if you can't wait, if you, maybe you've got a subscription to Pure Flix and you're like, I can't wait for the other eight, go on Amazon and buy them all. Yeah, sk skip a meal at the, the local restaurant or fast food joint and buy, buy the episodes. Um, I, I will say that those for sale on Amazon are director's cuts. Uh, there are a few things uh, on Redeem TV and Pure Flix that uh, maybe weren't quite a good fit for their audience. Very minor, you know, mm -hmm. nothing big, but um, yeah, that, those will be the director's cut. So I, I kind of fought to say, Hey, can we, can we get it out there somewhere? The original intent of these episodes. And so that, that will be the Amazon purchased one. Okay. That is, uh, that's amazing. Uh, I may have to ask the wife, let's, let's skip the Chinese food one day and let's, uh, let's get them all in. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I guess the next question then is for anybody that, uh, is excited, they see, uh, the season two episodes coming out and they want to help make sure that season three happens. Do you have a fundraising plan in, in place or how can people uh, support it? You know, I, I don't know that we're at a stage that fundraising and putting, you know, dollars in the hat is what would get us to a season three. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's going to be popularity, you know, um, I could go out and spend $10,000 on a social media campaign for vindication and it may not do as well as five people just typing up a, you know, a paragraph about how much they enjoyed this show and why their friends need to go watch it. Cause people read that and they think this is genuine. It's not paid. I'm going to go check this show out. Right. And, and as long as our content stands on its own, then that person will go tell someone else about it. So, uh, you know, the worst thing someone could do is watch it go, wow, that's incredible. I love it. I want a season three and never say a word to anyone else about it. Yeah. It's, it's almost like faith. You know, what what good is your Christian faith do if you don't tell somebody about it? Right. No, no, uh, that's that's absolutely true. And again, that mar paid marketing does just such a tiny, tiny amount compared to the honest, you know, testimony of an individual or the honest uh, sharing from one person's mouth to another. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, for anybody that's listening, uh, vindicationseries.com or at vindicationseries on both Facebook and Instagram to follow the show. 
Uh, so, Jared, uh, the, the testimony part is always my favorite part, but uh, I have two other segments that I really enjoy about uh, about our show. Uh, the first one is called The Interrogation, Seven Quick Questions That uh, Otherwise Wouldn't Have Fit in uh, Our Conversation. And okay. then um, the uh, final so- uh, question I'm going to ask is called The uh, the Wise Counsel. Uh, something to kind of simmer in the back of your mind while we uh, do the interrogation is uh, Wise Counsel for anybody that wants to use their gifts, talents, or passions for God's glory. So I'll ask you that at the very end. Uh, but first, let's dive into The Interrogation. <laughs> So our first question is, uh, what do you do for fun or to unwind? Okay. Oh, this is this is going to make me sound like a real winner. On my computer, I play a video game called Company of Heroes uh, with one of uh, a friend that I've known for about 15 years. He lives in San Antonio. It's about four hours away. And we'll get online and team up and play against incredibly difficult and cheating computer opponents. So uh, I play that game. It came out in like 2006. We're still playing it, you know, and still finding new challenges. So I do that. Uh, and other other real-time strategy games, uh, people know what those are. You know, they're more strategy than quick action. Uh, I, I play the video games. Okay. Question number two, where is your ideal vacation spot? I have been to a lot of uh, vacation spots. The one that pops to mind that I'd love to go to is Poland. Uh, I'm a big World War II person, and I've okay. been to a lot of neat World War II locations, uh, but I've never been to Poland, you know, where the concentration camps were and a lot of the the worst parts of World War II took place there. Um, it's just a neat place I've always wanted to travel to. All right. Question number three, does anything scare you? Does anything scare me? I'd have to think on that one for a moment. I'm, I'm not like an animal person at all. And I won't say that I'm scared of them. I mean, if I got to do something, but I don't like touching animals, you know, snakes or anything like that. Like if, if I have to, like someone's in danger, okay, I'm, I'm getting in the game. But I'll, I would rather wait it out for like two hours for the thing to leave than have to interact with it. So I'm just not a big, and that's what dog, I'm not scared of dogs, but I just don't like them touching me and being around. I'm just not an animal person. Question number four, if you could, what's something that you wish you could go back and do over? Now, this could be something that you uh, regret you want to fix, or this could be an experience you've had that you'd just like to experience again. Oh, man, uh, that's a tough one. I guess that's good that I can live without lots lots of regrets, huh? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, can we come back to that one at the end? I, I, I really, I'm sorry. I don't have anything off okay. the top. The, the, if I can give you only thing that comes to mind is I just know that early on when the internet and stuff technology was coming about, I had a lot of free time back then that I wasted. And I'm like, man, had I been digging into the technology at that time, you know, when, when things like YouTube and Twitter and Facebook were being created, you know, I was like, man, these people were creating this stuff. And I was playing a video game if i had been you know just dabbling around in it it would have been would have put me so far ahead instead of catching up 10 years Mm -hmm. later so uh, that's the best that i got okay no worries uh next question number five uh with whom do you most identify with uh in scripture i always like to point to the fact that the disciples who were walking with Jesus. And we, we, we talk about, hey, Dave, you walking with Jesus? Jared, are you walking with Jesus? You know, these guys were physically doing that, you know, uh, with him. And yet they continued to mess up, say dumb things, go the wrong direction, have their faith challenged, all those sort of things, right? Uh, 
even though they were physically walking with him. And I just, I've looked at that as an encouragement of, you know, Hey, I mean, I messed up, but these guys had their stories told in the Bible and Jesus loved them all. He mm-hmm. forgave them all. And he stuck, you know, he was with them. They were his people and they continued to mess up just the same way that I do. Yeah. I, I think that that's the beauty of the Bible is there's no sugarcoating. The, the chosen people of God even though they saw literal miracles of water parting, of uh, of food falling from the sky, of a cloud and, and a pillar of fire leading them through the desert, they still like, you know what? I don't know if I want to believe this guy. And it's like, and that's the beautiful thing is that we can realize that when we fail and fall short, it doesn't make us anything other than human. Sure. And as much as God loved the Israelites, despite their flaws, he still loves us despite our flaws. And we can take comfort in that, not to abuse that privilege, but to understand that my mistake today does not define my tomorrow. Right. And I want to say it was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was in the garden of Eden when Jesus was praying and he, he said something along the lines of a blessing upon the, you know, the people who won't see and hear with their physical eyes and ears, those that are, uh, to come, you know, uh, you recall what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, basically he was, uh, talking to the disciples about, um, uh, bless or, um, bless are those who will believe without seeing because you've seen or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, along the same lines is what we're talking about though, that, that he knew it and, and yeah, so definitely encouraging. Yeah. And one of the, the funny things is uh, you'll see a meme that will pop up on Facebook every once in a while that uh, uh, you can't blame the teacher because J- Judas walked with Jesus for three years and still turned him in. <laughs> right. And so it's not the teacher. It's about our heart. Sure. Um, so uh, question number six, have you ever had a fanboy moment at, on set or at a festival? Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, uh... Uh, you know, the very first time episode one, you know, I'd seen Ben Davies in Courageous, mm-hmm. but I had never at that point in my career had someone that was like on the theater, big movie screen that I then saw in person. And they're there like, OK, Jared, what do we do? Right. <laughs> so I, I can remember very vividly walking in and where he was at and him standing up from the couch and coming up and introducing. And it was just kind of like a Oh my goodness. And I think we did a zoom with him before then, you know, and it was like, you know, I mean, that was, man, this movie star is going to be on a zoom with us and talking to me and all that. So yeah, he, he on the first episode got that it is worn off now. So I don't get that anymore. Uh, even when we add some really, really great people, cool people, I, I just don't get that anymore. It's kind of that first time effect. Yeah. All right. Final question of the interrogation uh, as a guest star or a regular, who would you most like to see season three? Man, if I answered that, that would, I'm not say upset some people, but I have a lot of people, very good friends that are very talented that I would love to see in season three and always tell them it's not about preference or talent. It's just the, the storylines present a role, uh, you know, for that person. So if I were to answer that, man, it would, it would, it would be bad because again, there are so many people that, I'm hoping to get the opportunity to work with. I, I couldn't just single out one of them. And also you said that there are some guests or some, some stars that we don't know yet. So you can't name them and then be like, Oh, I already did. Uh, so uh, I guess I'm asking a little bit too inside secret there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So, I mean, if, if it was to be somebody like, okay, in Hollywood, some big, you know, person to move in. I mean, I, I don't, I, I've thought of one and then I, I forget them all the time. So if it comes to me, I'll, I'll say it. Okay. All right. Uh, so the, uh, the final, final question I ask every guest is uh, for anyone that's uh, watching or listening that wants to step up, use their gifts, uh, whether it's their, their talents, their passions, or even their life experiences, and they want to use it for God's glory, what would your wise counsel be? A wise counsel would be don't just think about it and talk about it, but actually do it. I know that's pretty simple and that's pretty basic, but I do run into a lot of people that talk about it and think about it and never take any action. I think it's because of fear of failure. You know, Mm -hmm. it's you don't want to take that step and it not work. Um, But, you know, for me to get to this point where I've been able to create 20 episodes is something that I really enjoy. I have no business doing this, but to get to this point, there were plenty moments of stepping out and doing something, even though there was a strong chance of failure. Yeah. And uh, as uh, uh, Maggie Cavanaugh says, uh, just do it. Hey, I got to give a shout out to Maggie Cavanaugh. I think we've got a new super fan on our hands here. We she, do. She has been on the, the uh, interviews I've been doing. She's been vocal on the social media. And uh, I, I keep telling our cast and crew, it's people like Maggie. It's people like Dave. If we get a season three, it's going to be because of them, because of the work that they're doing to spread what's going on here. So very, very thankful for you guys. Absolutely. And like I said uh, during uh, the break, is it's so good to see Christian uh, faith-based productions that are willing to go there. Uh, they're willing to produce stuff that goes through the, if you want to say like a Philippians 4-8 filter, where it still honors God and still praiseworthy, but it doesn't cross those lines to where it's overtly offensive. Now you're going to offend anybody. You're, you're going to offend somebody no matter what you do. Right. Right. Uh, that's part of taking the risk, but you're able to find that balance with vindication and, and the chosen is able to find that balance. And, and I'm looking forward to the the coming movies about sex trafficking with uh, don't say my name and pulled from darkness. I'm really looking forward to seeing those happen uh, because it, it shows that just because we're a Christian doesn't mean we're inoculated from the world we are still in the world we're just not of it and i'm really excited to see season two and everything else as we get a little bit more grit and more reality and more truth uh in uh in our production so i'm I'm excited and i want to do everything i can to uh to promote and to share about it yeah we appreciate you and what you're doing with the the vindy nation that just started up i have a feeling that's going to grow as the episodes get out there and people want to know more about the characters. And, you know, I kind of picture that group as being the, like, they're the central core. They're like the people like, Hey, you can't overpost. Like I want to know everything that's going on. You know, I want to see all the behind the scenes and, you know, with our, our public social medias, I try to keep it uh, modest as far as the number of posts that go out because you don't want people to get, Oh, this is that account that posts eight times a day, you know, and it just mm-hmm. kind of gets old. So I keep it, you know, just a few things here and there to keep people hungry. But our Vindy Nation core, that might be the spot that we can uh, oversaturate with all the uh, insider information and posts and, and just the people that really want to see and hear everything that's going on. Yeah. So Vindy Nation, uh, hashtag Vindy Nation, as uh, Maggie Cavanaugh just posted. Uh, we're really excited to see Vindy Nation grow. And uh, yeah, also a shout out to uh, 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 Kevin and uh, Kristen Collier. Uh, they kind of 
created the name the Vindies because it was uh, they have a special uh, folder, if you will, on their on the Creative Motion Network of the vindication uh, programming, uh, as far as like the interviews and the behind the scenes stuff that the, they have available on Creative Motion Network, which I'm pretty sure this uh, interview will be a part of that once it goes on Creative Motion Network. Uh, so that's where I kind of got the idea, and I was like, "Hey, the Chosen has a phenomenal." A series of groups about prayer groups, about discussion groups. It's like vindication needs that because we want more and more people to find it and be a part of it. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. I just did, I didn't want to be the one to start it, you know. Right. <laughs> so I appreciate you doing that, and and you've uh, been active in it just here in the early stages, and I I hope to see it grow and. And again, with the different approach that season two is taking, maybe even after these first two episodes, I think there may be people asking questions and wanting more and being invested in the characters. Yeah. So uh, those uh, two episodes, they drop midnight Eastern on the 1st of September. It's hard to believe we're already in September. Uh, This year is flying by and time flies when you're having fun, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Fun. (laughs) But no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I keep looking at the clock and I'm like, man, it's dark. By this time tomorrow, it's going to be like time to start hitting refresh and see when the episode posts and people are going to get to see it and they're going to know the next chapter of, of these characters. Yeah. Well, Jared, thank you so much for uh, being on. And uh, sorry that we missed uh, a little bit of time there in the middle. But uh, hey, don't so apologize what? for my <laughs> messing <laughs> up. That was terrible. So, and I even mentioned I'm a tech guy and I just had a complete foul up by turning off a piece of equipment well you're talking to a guy that gets in an argument with my door locks on my car because i'm like i got something in the back seat but out of muscle memory i keep hitting the lock as i'm getting out of the car and then i have to unlock my car again to get the the groceries out so yeah uh so god made us funny that's just a fact god made us silly he made us funny and he's like a good father sitting up there laughing at our silliness yeah so uh well, thank you for uh, keep, keeping the show going and not uh, cutting me off as I was trying to, desperately to get back on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Vindication Season 2 is on its way to you. Uh, be sure to check it out. And also, in the meantime, check out Season 1 again just to get caught up. Uh, available on Pure Flix and also on Redeem TV. So, Jared uh, Flaherty, uh, the best to you and the cast and crew of Vindication. And uh, I will see you in Vindy Nation soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for all this tonight.